0: Welcome back everyone for another episode of the Georgia Music Teachers Association podcast. My name is Bebe Lin, Vice President of Membership with GMTA. If you are interested in learning more about our organization, please go to georgiamta.org. Today, we are joined by Elena Doroshkina. Hello, Elena.
1: Hello, baby.
0: Let's get started with a background question. Tell me about what you do and how you got to where you are today.
1: Thanks for your question. And I'm very excited to, um, to be here today and speak about um, what I love in my life. So I'm classically trained uh, musician. I'm a classically trained pianist and pedagogue. And I teach uh, privately. And I also teach um, at the university. And just recently, I accepted a position to teach at Agnes Scott College. So I'm very excited. And uh, to answer your question about my background, how I started in this long life, music. I started when I was five and a half years old. And my mother uh, brought me to uh, my first teacher, my first piano teacher. I started to play piano. My mother always wanted to me to play instrument and especially uh, to play piano. That was her dream. As when she was young, when she was a child, her parents could not give her this opportunity. So she told me this story. When she was walking nearby the music school, she was looking in the windows and see these kids playing different instruments with teachers. And she really wanted to play an instrument. So, but later in her life, she played an instrument. We call it domra, but not up to to professional level. And so she wanted her child to be able to go to music school and receive a music education. So she brought me to a teacher when I was five and a half years old. That was my first teacher. And I loved my lessons and I didn't want to leave studio I wanted to sit there for longer than was my lesson. And my lessons uh, were uh, 45 minutes long. And teacher would say, well, uh, Yelena, we're done. (laughs) I have next student. And I ask, oh, may I just, may I just, may we we do it longer? May, May I sit and may we do it longer? And when I was almost seven, that's when I was accepted into the music school for children. Uh, with the same teacher and the education in Europe and uh, in the United States are a little bit different, uh, the music education, so I'm originally from uh, Russia and we do have these children's music schools where parents can bring them and they study music instruments for about 7 years until they are about 14 years old And then if they would like to continue music education, if they would like to dedicate themselves into the music as a profession, they would go to music college or they would go straight to the conservatory, uh, which is music conservatory. So after I graduated from this music school for children, I went straight to college um, and received my Bachelor of Music in Piano Performance and Collaborative Arts uh in in pedagogy and then after that my goal was to go to Saint Petersburg or to go to Moscow which are two uh, big cities in Russia and receive the highest music education so I went to Saint Petersburg it's a very beautiful city and I love it very much it's a very cultural city it's very European kind of city and there I went to conservatory named after a uh, composer Russian composer Rimsky Korsakov Uh, which is state music conservatory so I was there for five years and I received my highest degree and then things happened that I went to the United States and I was pursuing my uh, master's in music and then my doctorate in music so my doctorate I went to the University of North Texas and that's where I received my doctorate in piano performance so this is my education
0: yeah if I can ask a couple of follow-up questions about the music the music school I assume it sounds like this was a full-time school this is not an after school program this is not an extracurricular activity it sounds like it was something that took care of all all of the schooling hours of the day is that correct:
1: yes this is correct the school is very comprehensive uh, it gives you it gives a child two we're talking about a week now, uh, so two weekly lessons, um, piano lessons or any instrument which you are majoring in. Uh, and each lesson is by 45 minutes long, and also you would sing in a choir, uh, again, two times a week, you would have like 45-minute choir session, and then soul fetch, and later uh, you would be introduced to music harmony once a week. And also later, you'll be introduced to uh, music history. So that's, that, that's kind of a second school. And, but by the way, I went also to a regular school as our children. So yes, basically, I had to attend two schools.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I want to ask you about your decision to come to America. You were in Russia, presumably going to Europe would have been easier than coming to America. Why the U.S.?
1: Well, this is very interesting story. Definitely, I didn't dream to go to the United States, but we never know what life is preparing for us. So what happened is, once I, I received a call from my ex-teacher, uh, and she told me, uh, we have people from the United States, our professors from the university, and they came to find a good musician to join a graduate a piano quartet at the University of Northern Iowa. So uh, she said, would you like to come and play something? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> so, well, I came and I played, and it was in March. After that, I basically continued my life, and I forgot that I played for these professors. And then in May, I received a call asking me, if I would like to come to the United States for an exchange program to join the graduate quartet. So that basically how I uh, went to the United States, I decided that yes, I would like to go and learn English. <laughs> so that basically how it happened.
0: So at that point, did you speak any English?
1: Well, I didn't speak any English, but I could tell that my name is Elena. <laughs> and that, that, I play piano, <laughs> yes. So that was very, very interesting journey for me in terms of everything, different culture, different education, English learning, very interesting.
0: Great, uh, and maybe we can touch a little more on that in our next few questions, but for now, can you tell me about your time in GMTA and MTNA? How did you hear about the organization and what has been part of this organization meant to you?
1: Well. I arrived to Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta in 2013, uh, maybe. So I arrived basically in January of 2013. By March, I think, of 2013, I was already involved. Georgia Music Teachers Association, a local association, which is Atlanta Music Teachers Association, is where I was located at that time in Atlanta. Uh, Once I arrived uh, to Atlanta, I started to find some possibilities to establish myself as a musician and as a pedagogue. I think I met, I was performing, I was actually collaborating. Someone asked me to collaborate and play for them. And it was, I think, at the Perimeter College of Georgia State University. And there I met my future colleague, uh, Laura Gordy, my colleague from Atlanta Music Teachers Association she told me about that organization and somebody else also told me about the organization, another musician I met. And finally I joined the organization in the spring of 2013 and I became a chair of Atlanta Music Festival, which, uh, which I continued for about about six years. Um, and then, well, currently I'm a president of Atlanta Music Teachers Association. So that's how I got to the Georgia Music Teachers Association, and I also an active judge for local, regional, and state competitions with Music Teachers National Organization and Georgia Music Teachers Organization.
0: You know, judges get to get around and meet a lot of students coming from a lot of teachers and really get this bird's eye view of a culture and a society. What do you see are the main differences in American music education versus the education that you received in Russia? Or maybe the similarities?
1: Well, definitely there are similarities in, because we all do music and music is universal language. So we do not have to border ourselves, but instead we share this experience. Uh, so we're all in. Basically, it's love through the music, love to the music, which you as a judge can feel from students, from participants, if they love what they play, what they perform, this gives you a wonderful, That gives you just a joy. So that's what I definitely uh, hear a lot from my judging experience from performers. So that would be similarity. Well, many students are very well prepared and many students are, are playing at a quite high level quite high uh technical and musical level um that could be similarity as well so that what i hear and maybe what is maybe a little bit different is that well the repertoire would be a little bit different um because in the united states uh it's it's common and it's wonderful that teachers Teachers give contemporary pieces uh, written by contemporary American composers, well, uh, contemporary American children's composers. So that is totally different. Um, that would be different, uh, for example, in Russia or Europe. Uh, they would give, you know, uh, European composers maybe to, to children to play or some Russian composers. So the repertoire definitely has uh, differences. Well, it depends on the country, I guess. But the core repertoire, of course, is the same. Another maybe difference, and I like it very much, that some some students who participate in such uh, competitions and festivals, they are, as I said, sharing their love for music, and they may be not pursuing music as a you know profession or not at the very high level of uh, they play and it's not very high level. But what is important that they share the love for music and they share the love for pieces they play. That may be the, the, uh, the different difference in how teachers and how students feel when they do not uh, afraid to share their level uh, of uh, playing. You know, sometimes students and sometimes even teachers, they're a little bit shy. If uh, they don't think that they're good enough uh, to perform at such uh, competitions or at such festivals, but I like that American students—they—they um, they, they like to perform regardless of the uh, how they feel about their level of play. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that is a little bit different. But again, it's been a long time. Since I, uh, since I lived in Russia. So things changing and uh, life is changing and education also is changing. So maybe I'm wrong.
0: I would like to turn towards teaching. How do you approach teaching? What is your teaching philosophy?
1: Uh, teaching philosophy, it's a, a very comprehensive question. Well, first of all, it's cultivation, uh, admiration of love for music from children. Maybe some people would say that it's, um, it's a cliche saying that everyone has to love music to play uh, or to perform, or maybe it's boring, but at the same time, it's very simple, but it's the core. it what it, what it is. Um, and not everyone who comes, not every student who comes to your studio, not everyone is in love with music initially. Maybe they were forced to come by by their parents or relatives, or just because it's good to play an instrument, or it's good for your um, brain, you know, for developing your brain and such and such. And yes, of course, it is very, very uh, good uh, to develop talents, and not only musical talents, but other talents. But it is still very important that we, as teachers, um, would inspire for a young beginner to become more sensitive person, more sensitive to music, and so that mm, atmosphere in in your music studio would be very welcoming and also inspiring. So, uh, this is one of my principles uh, of philosophy, my teaching philosophy, that... I try to work with a student, with a particular student, and develop the understanding of music so that it transforms into admiration and finally into love with music because we want them to stay with, that, with the music, with these very dear feelings to music for their for the entire lives. We don't want them just to leave your studio and then forget the music and do our stuff. No, we want them to have that because we want to cultivate that love to music because we want them to be a good, wonderful people, very sensitive people to music, uh, to art. We want them to be a cultural foundation of the country, right? Uh, And then uh, I believe in the balance uh, uh, of two roles of a musician, a performer and a teacher. I think it's very important that a pedagogue, a teacher, is able to perform, to play. Because then he or she can, kind of like an artist, paint a big picture using some colors from instrument playing, instrument performance. uh, And also use, you know, some colors from the teaching experience these two uh, roles, they kind of collaborate with one another. It's like a duet, if you would, or a conversation. So like you draw from being a performer or when you're performing on stage, you draw as, as your teacher from being a teacher and you mix it and this is the kind of like a recipe you have. So I, I believe in these two roles and the balance of these two roles Uh, to be a performer and a teacher. And finally, and very important, how do I teach? Uh, First of all, music, it's a language of uh, emotions. It's a language how we transform our um, life emotions and life experiences into the music. And important is that uh, we as teachers ask students several questions and proclaim an important uh, idea of what is the sense of this particular piece. For example, if we're working uh, on a particular piece, we would find out first mm, what is the idea of the piece, what the composer wanted to proclaim in this piece, what the composer wanted us as performers uh, to, to hear in this piece, to understand through this piece. So this is imagination it's very important component in teaching and in performing so i would ask my students some questions regarding what do they feel how do they like this music what this music communicates uh, to them and of course with adult students we would talk in a certain way and with young beginners i would talk in a different way but still i would ask them these questions and we would we would communicate, and we would find out the answers. And then, of course, listening component is very important. All this ask my uh, students to listen constantly and listen critically. I listen to piano sound because it's very very beautiful uh, sound. So it's very important to listen. Very important to critically listen. Like how did I play? And by asking questions to a student, you can navigate his a critical listening you could ask questions such as what do you think how did i how did you play how did it sound how did this particular phrase sound was it long or was it short how did you like your sound was it nicely legato or was it uh, staccato and you can talk a little bit different with again with young uh, beginners or just with young students you can talk like in playful manner or you can talk uh, through the games but still you ask these questions so you ask these very important questions like you would talk to a to an adult person but of course you would do it you know playfully through the game and for example uh, this is actually my studio and i have my little friends i would like to show you i have dinosaurs i call them c this is c And G, so this is she, and this is him. So when, uh, for example, um, my student, my little one, for example, when they do not play with curled enough fingers or something else, you know, about the hand position, I would say, oh, he's going to bite your finger. (laughs) Well, uh, that's funny, but he never bites the fingers because they all do very well. And I have a bigger one, so the lion, so he is, very helpful when a child is, you know, some children, they are, have, they have so much energy, so they move a lot, and they move their feet a lot, so I would put him on their feet, and I would say he's sleeping on their feet, so he's sleeping, and they are still sitting still for several minutes, so that's wonderful. So that is just part of the, you know, little games um, we could incorporate into lessons with young beginners. But still, I ask them, You know, serious questions about music, uh, and about music making, and about ideas. What is the idea of this piece? And what is the mood of this piece? And what do you feel? And maybe we could create some stories. And they do create some stories. children they they are so imaginative. They have a lot of imagination. This imagination comes, of course, from your life experiences, from everybody's, every every person's life experiences. These questions are very important. to ask students. So this, I think, basic components of my teaching philosophy.
0: It it really does seem like uh, your teaching philosophy is is grounded in asking questions and that uh, perhaps a lot of your lesson time is spent uh, sending these questions to the students and getting them to think critically and respond. Where did this philosophy come from? Is it something that gradually developed through your teaching career? Or is this the approach that your teachers took with you from the very beginning?
1: It's a very interesting question. I think, of course, a lot of maybe my teaching philosophy and if you would call so performing philosophy, right? It came from my background, but also a lot came from my life experience and uh, experience through my education and experience through um, communication uh, with other musicians and just with other people and uh, different students because you are learning. So we as teachers, we always are learning from our students just as much as students are learning from us. And yes, I think uh, more experienced I am As a teacher i think more little things which comes to my mind and which i share with my students these are just so important things they contribute to my uh, teaching philosophy and yes backing up to one of my principles uh, that is a balance of a performer and a teacher so when you are performing of course you're thinking you're asking yourself a lot of questions such as i'm asking my students and thinking through all of these questions uh and then teaching your students i think you are in re- in reach, you are enriching yourself and through that enrichment you kind of form more clear uh, i would say teaching philosophy so you became more uh, well, better teacher, basically.
0: You speak so passionately about teaching. I want to take a step back. How is it that music became your choice of career in your life? And um, a slight spin on that question, which is, when you entered and decided to become a musician, did you envision that your life would be a life of teaching?
2: No. To answer to your very, very last question about if I would, if I uh, envisioned that i would became i would do a lot of teaching no i didn't think about being you know a teacher i wanted to just be music if you can understand this so when i was young i told this story i don't remember this exactly but um, my ex-teacher would tell me that and my mother would tell me that that i didn't want to leave uh, my my teacher's studio that because I wanted to be there for a longer lesson. But, you know, we're changing. So when I was, um, when I turned maybe 10 and a half and 11, I didn't like to practice a lot. But later, a little bit later when I turned maybe 13, my love to music came back again. And I decided, so that was my decision. Only my decision to become a musician when I was 13. I decided that I want to go to a music college and um, proceed to receive a professional music education. So that was not my mother who would encourage me to do that, to, to become a professional musician. That was myself only, that was my decision. So you see we're changing and uh, my perspective on music changed as well from uh, wanted to be lessons like the entire day and practicing the entire day to not practicing at all and then, you know, switching to, no, I cannot live without music. I, you know, I have to be, I am I'm the music. I, I feel the music and I want to be a musician. So I think what I felt at that time, I felt that um, music kind of is in me and it's like always was and I'm just responding to that as a, basically, if you would imagine a string on a guitar, for example. That's how I felt like I'm just a string on a guitar and I'm just responding to music. So I deeply was, I mean, an English, but at the time I was deeply in love with music. And I wanted to be best as I can to experience that Um experience music in my life and to be to become a professional well pianist so but at the the time I didn't think about teaching Uh, of course I I thought about you know performing and um, just about living with music and playing beautiful pieces and I remember even as a child I sometimes music was so deep in me so I would cry um, because I felt you know I felt the music in such way, and again, backing up to uh, my philosophy, my goal to every student, even if I teach a class, uh, I want them to become, first of all, to learn what is music and what types are music and what genres of music are out there. Not only, you know, the types of music that the mass media promotes to us, to everyone, but, you know, there's some other types of music. And so I want to educate them. And I also want them to so be cultural people, you know, be more sensitive people by listening to different types of music. And maybe one type of music will will touch them in such a way so that they will become more sensitive people. And so more beautiful people, more responsive people. So that is my goal as a teacher wherever I teach Um Individual lessons, group lessons, wherever I teach uh, little kids or adults.
0: What advice do you have for parents who have children taking lessons? How can they encourage and help them to succeed?
2: I am confident that if you would think about percentage, like be like a mathematic, MF math person, I would think that a certain amount of percentage would be a teacher's work to a success of the student. And a certain amount would be done by uh, a student and a certain amount would be done by parents. Parental involvement is very, very important uh, in child's education and in child's development as a, as a as a person to become a better person, to become you a know, more uh, cultural person, more open person and more diverse person. So I think it's essential element to child's uh, progress in music and in general in life, parental involvement. So yes, in music as well, especially when parents bring a very young person, a very young child to study music, such as five years old or even younger, four years old, children, they do not have that ability. They do not have that knowledge. They just do not have that yet, that Everything we do in life uh, we need to do constantly to progress. So uh, to practice music, to practice the instrument, the piano in this case. Yes, we do it once a week with a student here in the studio. But then six days uh, they are with their parents in their house and uh, the teacher is not there. So yes, parental involvement is very important. Even if parents are not musicians and even if parents are not you know professional musicians they do not know how to read music this is totally fine they do not have to know how to read music it's my opinion that they if they would show an interest in the music sitting with a child exploring something it doesn't have to be long sessions it doesn't have to be like serious sessions they could be very short sessions but what is important that it uh, that parents or parent shows that they're so interested in what this child is doing in the music creative. I think that's all. That's all what parents need. They, they don't need, not to need to be teachers. They do not uh, need to punish their, uh, their children if they didn't practice. They do not need to force children to practice, no. And uh, myself, I tell um, parents or my students, please do not force your child to practice. Because I want them to find out that they want to practice, find out that addiction to you know to creating music, to practicing. And sometimes it's a long way. Sometimes it's shorter way. But with, in some cases, with some students, it could be a long way. But that's why we're here, as students and parents, we're doing the same basically. We are educating, we are growing that little person. So yes, it's very important uh, that parents are involved in, transfor- in transforming the child's uh, inner world uh, to become more sensitive uh, for music and basically became a better person because music makes our, uh, ourselves better. That's, that's not me saying that that's um, science.
0: Something in your answer is causing me to think, you know, one of the interesting things about younger children is typically their favorite people in the world are their parents. That's not always true as kids get older, um, as they become teenagers, sometimes their favorite people in the world are their friends. Um, and, And then even beyond that, they they form their own family. And so their favorite people in the world are their own small family unit. But for young children, their favorite people in the world are parents. Um, And so just the joy of being able to spend more time with the parents, I think is incentive uh, for a lot of children to want to sit down at the piano in that quality time.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yes.
0: As a musician and a pedagogue, how do you define success?
2: I think success is very unique, I think, too. As as we all are unique people, unique person, feeling of success or thinking of, of your success is very individual. So it depends on that individual. So, for example, for me, as a performer, for example, my success would be well, first of all, of course, if I get this opportunity to perform, if I had to say what I wanted to say through the music, I think that's the biggest reward for me as a being a musician and performer, and that would be my success if I feel that I could tell through the music almost everything. Well, it's it's not like possible, maybe to do one hundred percent because we're all human beings. We, you know, we are not computers or robots. Thanks God that we are human beings and not robots. And we do mistakes, we make mistakes and this is totally fine. So 100% maybe not possible for a regular person, but if you feel um, that you could tell what you was going to tell, I think that's a success. And as a pedagogue, that's very, very rewarding to see in your students. Well, first of all, that they do what you tell them to do. This is wonderful. I mean that they, they listen to you. If they do what you tell them to do, that means that they listen to you. And if they listen to you, that means you are a good teacher because they listen to you. So this is very rewarding. Um, and I think this is a success. You know, some people they could tell maybe a success. It's when uh, you get rewarded in a materialistic way, like you know, money-wise. Definitely, you know, this is very important for everybody. Uh, you know, we all depend on money. Uh, but first of all, that's how you feel. That's your inner feeling. That is what is important. That is what is making you feel like you succeed. This is your success.
0: This is going to be our very last question. What do you feel needs to be done to attract and grow the general audience for classical music concerts?
2: Well, again, this is very comprehensive question. There is maybe not, not just a single answer and not a single opinion, but maybe a lot, a lot of opinion of different people. But what I think, first of all, um, is that we definitely we as teachers, we are very important. We are very important. Uh, we play a very important role as music teachers uh, to grow a future audience which will uh, attend, you know, more and more of classical um, concerts and operas and ballets. Is that we educate these children who who soon will become adults and possibly, most likely, will uh, attend concerts. So important is that we grow these little uh, children, uh, grow the ability to understand the music, to communicate through the music, to collaborate through the music. And if they feel like it's, it's an important component of your life, it's one of important components of uh, your life, you would definitely would seek to go to a, a concert hall and listen to uh, classical music. Sometimes I have students who come to me, they are like, they are teenagers, and they already came to me, and they're already in love with classical music. And I'm very amazed actually, like being a teenager, for example, I have this student who's 15 years old now. He came to me, but he didn't have any uh, training before. He didn't study with any teacher before, but he, try to learn through the uh, whatever program he found on the internet. And he started to play for me just the very beginning of very uh, difficult piano pieces, like concerti, <clears throat> piano concerti by Greek or by Tchaikovsky or something like that, or Etude, uh by Chopin, just the very beginning. But he's in love with that. So I'm amazed how did it come? How did he became in love with it? So, you know, sometimes you can meet such people, such, um, such people, they are already in love. So we, as teachers, we play a very important role to develop this little person into a big lover of music. Uh, and they don't have to be professional uh, musicians, but again, to bring that love uh, to the music through the, in- through the entire life and to go to concerts. That's why the music will live. Uh, the classical music will leave. When we have, when we will have um, the audience, the classical music will leave. And of course, we need to build, uh, to grow very good professional musicians, very good professional musicians. But again, not only professional in the technical aspects of the um, instrument playing, but also uh, expressive musicians. If we have expressive and professional at this in the same person they know how to communicate to the audience they know how to speak through the music to the audience so that audience will be attracted to the concert you know sometimes there are some people who come one time to classical concert and they would never go back they would never go back because it's boring because that's how they feel i think the key here is that the uh performers communication through the music with audience. If a performer can communicate in a way that it's engaging, the music piece he or she is playing is engaging, it's not boring. I'm positive that these mm. audience, these people, would feel that. It's like electricity, you feel that mm. communication. Without saying a single word, you feel that through the music. Then they will come back. Uh, so that is the how I think uh, we would, we definitely will attract uh, more and more people to come to concerts such as concerts of classically uh, classical music.
0: Well, thank you, Elena, for your time and for this conversation. I appreciate your unique perspectives and insights on these topics. I wish you happy teaching and
2: happy students. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure to be your uh, guest.